Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org slash Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert, I, I have a boy band story, Dave. Yeah, really? Yes. So I, I'm somewhere. I can't remember the city. And there's a commotion out in front of the hotel. I get back from whatever and, I'm doing. And Tom said, "Yeah, come that day before. Be there at one o'clock. Show my card, yeah, and, and you'll said, get in." Either give him back and, the camera. Uh, I'm going to throw just you a off. business card. So what? What do you want to do? So he ended up giving the guy the camera back. But it was so funny just to. You know, and so surreal to be like pushing yeah. Prince out onto the floor in a in a wooden box. It just it was. Uh... Welcome back, everybody. Dave Lee here, and today several concert memories from past guests that provide some stories you may not have heard about: Bruce Springsteen, Prince, New Kids on the Block, and One Direction. From the AquariusHomeServices.com studio, this is My First Concert with Dave. And Davide, our producer, who's also a very talented full-time music producer, I might add, and engineer. And I'm very fortunate for him allowing me to stop in every week. The show is presented by UCARE, by the Minnesota Propane Association, by StarBank.net, and a wonderful entertainment center right here in the Twin Cities, the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, where they have several venues that you'll enjoy Right now, though, on the main stage, Jersey Boys. ChanhassenDT.com is presenting one of the finest versions of Jersey Boys you're going to see anywhere. And as a music fan, it's great learning the -the behind-the-scenes stories of the Four Seasons, complete with an incredible soundtrack and another award-winning performance. Enjoy a great night out by going to ChanhassenDT.com and finding some dates that work for you and your friends. They also have that music concert venue with shows taking place all the time, especially during the holidays. The acoustics, fantastic. It's a comfortable and intimate setting that you're going to love, and the talent we have here in the Twin Cities is incredible. Again, ChanhassenDT.com is the place to go to get tickets. And also find out more about Stevie Ray's Comedy Cabaret and Brindisi's Pub. Fun night out, ChanhassenDT.com. I've been there many times and always enjoy it. Well, let's start today with a local story about Bruce Springsteen and the iconic music video of Dancing in the Dark. You remember that and the story behind it? For anyone that was at the St. Paul Civic Center show that night in June of 1984, they will tell you that Bruce performed it twice with a model actress nobody really knew at that time named Courtney Cox. The audience was wondering what was going on, but not John Maher. John, who is now vice president with the Minnesota Wild, was a young part-time usher for events at the Met Center and an enormous Springsteen fan, which he still is. The security people for the show knew that, and they would invite him to rehearsals the day before the concert. Yep, before the two performances the night of the concert at the Civic Center of the video Dancing in the Dark, John was invited to a day full of rehearsal for that video with Bruce and the band and Courtney Cox all directed by Hollywood director Brian De Palma. John told us the story. Uh, John, let's talk about, so the, the, you talk about your very first concert, very first events, but you are a huge Springsteen fan. Yes. 
And one of the things that intrigues me, and we had Eric on the show here the last week talking about he was at the show when Bruce did the show or did the Dancing in the Dark song twice. Right. And they did not have a clue what was going on out in the audience. Oh, they're going to redo the song. This is weird. <laughs> and, and I assume it's Brian De Palma probably trying to set up different views. But yes. take us through that because you have a whole different look at what actually happened. Yes. One of the benefits of being an usher at Met Center at that time was, in addition to being able to see a lot of shows, which I did, uh, but the another security company that we worked with uh, was uh, run by a local guy named Tom Azzoni. And Tom, at some event that I was working at Met Center prior to these Springsteen shows coming up, kind of approached me, you know, quietly and gave me a, a little nudge and said, hey, I think I remember that you're a Springsteen fan. I said, yeah, big time Springsteen fan. And he's like, are you going to be going to those shows at the Civic Center? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, he slips me his business card, and he says, bring my card to gate whatever at the Civic Center. On It was the day before the first show of the tour that, that uh, Eric would have gone to. Was, was that 84? Thursday, June 28th, 1984 to be exact. And... Uh, and, said, and Tom said, yeah, come that day before, be there at 1 o'clock, show my card, and you'll get in. And uh, Just a business card. Yep, Tom's business card. And he wrote, you know, kind of the, the info on it that I needed. And uh, I still have that card, by the way, because it, it, it turned out to be a pretty good deal. So we showed up there. There was about 200 of us local fans and then some not local folks, which we'll talk about. And what happened that afternoon was that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band kind of did the video shoot for Dancing in the Dark to kind of get the close-up shots where they weren't going to be able to have cameras the next night at the concert because there would have been 18,000 people in the building and you wouldn't have gotten the locations that you wanted. So we, that group of us, a couple hundred people, were in the Civic Center for about four or five hours that day while they kept moving us around to be in the background of different shots while they moved their cameras around to have some activity going behind the stage in the shot. Like being on a movie set. And yeah, and Brian De Palma was the director of the, of the shoot. And um, they, we probably heard Dancing in the Dark about 20 times <laughs> that afternoon. Played by the band? Yes. <laughs> and, um, and they also, uh, at the end of the day, as sort of a thank you to the group of us, did a little kind of a mini show as well with the Detroit medley, which typically was a encore uh, piece that they would do. Uh, they did that little mini concert for us. So in addition, then the next night they did do the play dancing in the dark twice. And again, you're right. It was all about, you know, what the director needed to get and he must not have got it in the first take. So they played it again so they could get the imagery, the, the, the shots that they wanted. So that was a, a memorable, and then they played two more nights. They were opening the Born in the USA tour. They played that third, that Friday night opening show, and then they took Saturday off. They played Sunday and Monday. So, St. Paul was the epicenter of the Bruce fandom uh, at the start of the Born in the USA tour, which was, you know, two years, huge, gigantic, worldwide stadium shows. You know, it got to be that was when Springsteen really blew up. Yeah, cover of magazines. Yeah, was Courtney Cox there? Yes. So interestingly enough, and to the frustration of some of the local female fans who had gotten an invite like I had, um, 
that was already predetermined who was going to get to go up on stage and dance with Bruce. People who have been to Bruce shows since then have seen, you know, I think he still does it every night when they play dancing in the dark, there's always a dance partner that gets selected from the crowd. Right. And so this was the beginning of that. And for the very first night, Courtney Cox had been sort of pre-selected, went through some auditions or something and was kind of planted right there in row one center stage. Unknown actress at the time. A totally unknown. Yeah. yeah. Way before friends. And there were actually two other gals with her that apparently uh, weren't ever intended. It wasn't like a going to be Bruce was going to pick which one. It was all, always going to be predetermined that she was the one. But that, I get, like I said, was much to the chagrin of the local female fans who <laughs> wanted that opportunity as well, but didn't get it. So obviously Bruce knew well ahead of time that yep, Cena danced with her already then. Absolutely. Yeah. So on the, when it got to the concert nights, uh, you know, picking her out of the crowd, it was all prearranged. Well, yeah, because they looked relaxed. It didn't seem like, although she gives a good look, her eyes light up. Oh, right on. You know, when she sees that he's going to pick her. And yep. I mean, I remember watching a video. I had no clue. I thought, this is the coolest thing. But when I saw the video, I had no idea it was in St. Paul. Right. Yep. Initially. Yeah. I think most of the shots are pretty tight because they had shot them that day before. Yeah. And there's a there's a wide shot at the end where you, if you know what the Civic Center looked like, you can kind of recognize it from that last wide shot that they do at the very end of the video. But otherwise, pretty pretty tight shots. When they did the mini concert, how about that story? You may not have known. There's more coming your way after I tell you about our good sponsors over to CoreysHomeServices.com. Hey, by the way, uh, if you're just feeling a little bit overwhelmed by a growing to-do list and a shrinking schedule, spending more time stressing over the household repairs and enjoying life, you're not alone. And Aquarius Home Services has your back. They are your trusted local let-us-tackle-your-to-do list team. And Aquarius Home Services is here to assist. Whether it's your furnace, electrical work, or plumbing giving you trouble, you choose the service, and they're going to handle the fix and take $95 off the repair costs. That's right, for any furnace, plumbing, or electrical repair, they're slashing $98 from the price. Watch your to-do list shrink while you reclaim your time. No more worrying about flickering lights, leaky toilets, or noisy furnaces. Their dedicated professionals respect your home and your time. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Tim Maurer, a previous guest, tells a great memorable concert story about Prince. However, it wasn't a Prince concert. Tim was working security for the Michael Jackson concert at the time. Especially when you work security, but let's, can you tell us the Prince story? Yeah, that uh, that's a good one. That's um, I was working at the Met Center again. This is again late '80s, and Michael Jackson was in town. I think he played three nights in a row. Um, but the one night I was working, I was in front of this. I was, you know, it was pre-show, and I was in front of the stage and and just kind of you know helping people find seats and making sure that everything was cool. And um, I get a call over the radio, and, and a couple of us were called to the back uh, uh, where the where you drive down into the to the Met Center, whether you're coming in with a truck or with limos or whatever. And so I run back there and Tom's back there and he grabs a couple of us together. He goes, okay, here's the deal. Uh, in that limo over there that just pulled in is Prince. And Prince wants to watch the show, but he wants to watch the show from the soundboard. So what's going to happen is 
it, I, it, it's just going to sound funny, but you know, back in the, you know, I don't know if they still do this, but they had these big like wooden boxes on wheels where they put all the cables and all that kind of stuff that they'd run for sound. And they had emptied this out because they had hooked all the, all the sound up. Well, so you've got this empty big box on wheels and Prince is going to jump in the box um, he's going to get out of the limo, jump in the box. We're going to close the lid. When the lights go down, you guys are going to push the box out to the soundboard. And then he'll he'll pop out of the box. I mean, like <laughs> instead of Jack in the box, it was Prince in the box. And we did that. The lights go down. We run them out there. And then, boom, the pop tops, you know, pops open. We lift it up. And he jumps out and goes over, sits on the soundboard. And he's sitting there in a chair all by himself with these, you know, with the mirrored aviator glass, aviator glasses on that he used to always wear. And he just sitting there like nobody's going to notice, right? Well, the lights, you know, the, the the stage lights up and, you know, all this light is now shining out on the, on the audience. And of course he's there. And now everybody's attention is looking, everybody near there is looking at Prince and snapping pictures. <laughs> They're taking pictures. And it was funny because I thought about this the other day when people started taking pictures back in the day, back in that time, if we saw people taking pictures, uh, you couldn't do that. It was, it was illegal to do that. And so we literally take people's cameras or um, I'm not sure if we should have, but we did. And, 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 you know, we'd tear film out of, you know, this is back when you had the roll film. Uh, we tear the film out because they weren't supposed to be taking pictures of people while they were, while they were performing. So one of Princeton's security guys grabs a camera from somebody and, the person comes to me and says, hey, that guy just took my camera. And I went over to the guy and I said, listen, you got to give the guy's camera back. And the reason being is Prince wasn't performing. So Prince was in the audience just like you or I were. And they could take pictures of us if they wanted to. You just can't take a picture of Michael while he's performing. So I got into it with the security guy from Prince's camp. And I said, listen, either give him back the camera. I'm going to throw you out. So what, what do you want to do? So he ended up giving the guy the camera back, but it was so funny just to, you know, and so surreal to be like oh, pushing yeah. prints out onto the floor in, yeah. a, in a wooden box. It just, it was, uh, it was something else. Yeah. Oh God, the unknown. Coming up next, a couple of encounters with boy bands. Interesting stories coming away from a professional baseball player and a former governor. Straight ahead here on My First Concert with Dave Lee. Available on Spotify, Apple, TalkNorth.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to talk about the clean, affordable, reliable energy we have in this state and around this country. And our thanks to the Minnesota Propane Association for making us aware of it. Uh, When I say clean and affordable and reliable energy, we all want that for our homes and our businesses. And the one source of energy in Minnesota that can offer all the benefits I just mentioned is propane. It's clean. Propane produces 43% fuel emissions and the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Think about that. It's affordable, according to the U.S. Department of Energy. Propane costs approximately 30% less than electricity in this country. The savings can be even higher in the state of Minnesota. Reliable, propane is energy stored on site. Independent of the grid, propane can power your home or business anytime you need it. Energy Propane is a direct energy source used at your home or business, unlike electricity, which is produced somewhere away from your home. By the time electricity gets to your home, 66% of the energy used to produce it is lost. That's why propane is approximately three times more efficient than electricity. Propane, 
the right energy right now. For more information on what propane can do for you and the environment, go to propane.com. Dana Kicker was a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox in the early 90s. He was also a musician. And so the Red Sox marketing department approached him about helping present an award at the Boston Music Awards. And little did he know that it was going to be a very famous band that he would be handing it to. In fact, Dana, let me start off with this. I saw a video last night, Governor, of Dana Kicker in the background in Boston when you were pitching back. I think it was 91, perhaps, that this happened. Can you... Can you tell us about this video before I ask you about your very first concert? Absolutely. It was 1991 April, and the season just began, and somebody from the Red Sox came down. They were looking for two members to present an award at the Boston Music Awards show. And I didn't really know what the Boston Music Awards show was, but uh, as you know, Dave, I grew up and I was a drummer and I drummed in bands and I've always loved music and, and not just baseball. And uh, as soon as I heard that, uh, Dennis Lamp, another pitcher next to me who was into music, There's I said... a deep track. I forgot about Dennis Lamp. <laughs> I said, hey, let's do this. And so we go up to this person and he says, we can be available. So they, they chose us and... Um, we presented the year before. We were the American League East Division champions and everything. We talked about that a little bit. But then uh, we presented the 1991 winner of the Boston Music Awards, and it was New Kids on the Block. Holy smokes, Brian! How about that? Wasn't that one of your? No, you went to see NSYNC on your first concert. Didn't yes, you? they're a little bit kind of a different generation for me, but I mean, they're. I'd be excited to see them. Yeah. They're coming to town in June. They are, month, and, yeah. and, and it's a close that I could ever be to the Beatles because the Beatles were before me. Mm-hmm. But you hear, you see the footage and the girls screaming and everything. And as soon as we announced that they had won, there had to have been thousands of teenage girls there. And I just felt like I was at a Beatles concert at that time. You never felt confused that they were cheering and screaming for you and well, Dennis. <laughs> at first we were hopeful, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it didn't work that way. But I was just amazed that uh, there was still some footage out there. That's the great thing about the internet now. Yeah. Because I had never seen that. I remember being there, and I was trying to remember what the date was and everything. And sure enough, there's something on YouTube that had my face on it. And that was a place called the Wang Center, is that right? The Wang Center. I guess I I would compare it to maybe like the Orpheum here. A lot of history, a lot of plays. uh, Just a little larger. uh, A little bit. A little bit larger, but just awesome acoustics. uh, uh, The band Extreme played at that time. And they had the number one hit yes. two weeks later, which more was than words, more, more than, than words. words. So I'm sitting backstage just watching those two dudes. I mean, you know, <laughs> sitting rapping with them and everything. And it was uh, it was a fun time. But I never really thought about that until you brought this uh, podcast up. So I reflected back. So thanks, David. Did the Backstreet Boys perform? They did not. Okay. They did not. Just took their award and They just took their home. award and went home. Exactly. <laughs> so thousands of screams. Governor, little did you know. Speaking of boy bands, the former governor of Minnesota may have embarrassed his young daughters at the time when he failed to recognize a very well-known band when he met them. Details in a minute. But let's talk about a Minnesota bank that I hope you recognize the next time you need a bank, and that's Star Bank. Ten locations in Minnesota, including right here in the Twin Cities. They started in rural Minnesota years ago, and the same family still runs it. In fact, it's our bank here at TalkNorth.com. They continue to maintain and emphasize that old-fashioned small-town service where they answer their phone calls and visit with you. As a customer, when you're there, 
you'll notice that. And yet, they provide all the high-tech banking that we all want as well. They make banking so convenient. They just continue to be really good at what they do, which is what you want from a bank. I know I do, so turnaround time on loans at StarBank, second to none, whatever that loan may be. It really is how banking should be. So call your local Star Bank branch today. Same family still there are stopping at your convenience. Loans are subject to a loan application and approval. StarBank.net member, FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. So former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty is at a conference out of town and accidentally meets, probably at the time, the hottest boy band in the world. I, I have a boy band story, Dave. Yeah, really? Yes. So I, I'm somewhere. I can't remember the city. And there's a commotion out in front of the hotel. I get back from whatever I'm doing. And I go through the lobby and I get on the elevator and some guys in suits are trying to keep me off the elevator, but I'm already on. So they let me stay after kind of eyeballing me. And then four or five young men, late teen people get on the elevator. And, uh, and they're, I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're, We're a band. And what's your name? One Direction. <laughs> And, um, and I don't know them from Adam. I mean, I just right. I do dismiss it, but I'm talking to my wife and kids an hour or two later on the phone. And I said, you know, I was just riding up the elevator with some band. There was a bunch of people screaming out in front of the hotel and taking pictures. I didn't know what was going on. And it was a band. It was a teen band. And my girls are like, what was their name? I said, One Direction. Like, you were up the elevator with One Direction? I'm like, I'd have never heard of them to know who they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just, you embarrassed them so right, right, terribly right. right there with One Direction. Uh, so let's go to the very first concert, or, or among the first. Do you do you remember anything? I do, I do. Although my memory now is, I'm getting older, is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> but it, it was Bruce Springsteen at the old St. Paul Civic oh Center, my. and um, I think I was in high school or very early college, and it was fantastic. I was sort of a Bruce fan, but then of course you can't go, especially back then when he was doing the epic, you know, epic uh, concerts, and. You know, I was just enamored with him, sort of his image, the what I perceived was his message to me personally. <laughs> and by the way, on that point, I, I, John Mellencamp once said, when you write music, you can never put the lyrics right on the nose. In other words, it has to be vague enough for people with different problems, challenges, hopes, and dreams to interpret it in a way that it applies to all of them, regardless of, of a particular circumstance. So I thought that was a good insight. Former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty. I think his girls eventually forgave him. These are just a small sampling of some of the terrific musical memories we get each week on My First Concert. And I hope you subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or where you get your podcasts. Also, of course, TalkNorth.com, where we have quite a few to choose from. From the AquariusHomeServices.com studios, we thank the Minnesota Propane Association, UKIP, StarBank.net, and the Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for making it all possible. I'll see you next week on My First Concert with Dave Lee.